So I would ask you this question. Uh, yeah. Why do you want to write that book? There's a couple different layers on it. Um, initially, there's, you know, obviously the from the artistic side, the, the writing of this book is somewhat cathartic in that um, I get to write about a lot of the things that I don't say during my everyday life like there are certain things there are certain aspects of life that I think are are better served to be used artistically so I've found an outlet for them that I get to use that I get to use them in in a more practical sense um you know you, as you know Let me just pause yeah. you for a second there though okay yep um so before we get into the practical thing so you got okay. you're talking about like the catharsis of the artistic process of writing that book yes the yeah. thing I'll point out to you there is yes. that part of the project is done yes you understand that this draft. is probably why you're struggling i would suggest this is maybe why you're struggling is that all that comes out in the draft and it has nothing right. to do with the editing process the editing process okay. isn't cathartic that could be why i'm struggling with the editing process um as right. i continue on part of the, the value in finishing the book for me is one as someone that uh, comes from a comics background. As you know, um, as comics writers, we can't make a comic without an artist. It's, it's impossible. But you can finish a novel that on- far, but it's very difficult <laughs> to the point of near but you, impossibility. But you can finish a novel on your own. I, I, um, could, I, could, um, I could write a comic with blank mm-hmm. panels. And, and I can make it work, it? but well, I, you know, again, it, I might need a letter for that, but yeah. I could the do it without the, the artist I, if I really needed the, to. But, but the argument is that you can't make a comic on your own. Well, some people can, but sure. Some people can, but I can't. Sure. Um, so there's a value for me in finishing this book because it's, it's, I can prove show, I can prove to myself that, um, I can finish something that's totally mine. It's something that I don't have to necessarily share with another person, per se. Sure. And from a um, smaller but somewhat selfish standpoint, uh, there, outside of you know one person that I know on the fringes of my life, um, there's no one close to me who's finished a novel yet. And I want to be the person who finishes a novel, if not first, but one of the first. Sure. So now what I would, so I would say you've laid out three things there. So again, Hmm. the first one I would argue is a, you know, is great. Why? Uh, Right. A great motivation, but it's kind of irrelevant at this point. You know, there's just literally, there just isn't anything cathartic anymore. Like that's just what it is. I'm also sorry, before you, before you go in, I've also put in so much time into this project at this point. That's a sunk cost though. Let's no, but like, if I gave up on it now, I'd be upset. (laughs) Sure. Uh, but like, I'm not saying you should give up on it, but what I'm, but Let's just, let me just really briefly address ahead, that. Yes. That is what's called in economics, the sunk cost fallacy. Yes. Do you understand that? Yeah, I know what it is. So it's just put that out of your mind. Um, okay. Uh, the artistic thing that you bring up, I think is a really a good example of 
the kind of thing that's like great about having a goal, but again, that goal, that part of the goal, like it's only really relevant for the goal of completing the manuscript. Yes. Um, and then after that point, it kind of starts to fall away. So now yes. you're in a new part of the project, uh, perhaps, you know, the editing process, and then there's the publishing process that's going to come after that, right? So these, this is a new part of the process where now, you know, that kind of falls away. Your other two things start to become more relevant. What was great about the artistic uh, catharsis aspect of writing is uh, that motivation or that, you know, excitement at, uh, side of it. Uh, it's great because it is, it was a um, end in itself. Like the reward for doing it is the work of doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's inherently self-motivating. These are the kinds of motivations that psychologists will say are intrinsic motivations mm -hmm. and they're the best kind of motivations. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, because in the sense that they best motivate people. Um, uh, now, you know, unfortunately you don't have that intrinsic motivation anymore. So now you've got what you bring up though, is some other ones. Now the third one, this sort of, you know, wanting to kind of, uh, I want to prove the competitive myself. aspect, yeah, I wanna, right? Yeah, it's I want like, to It's a competitive it. sort of thing. So I, I have a lot of that in, in myself. It's like, you know, I just, I, I just have like a bit of a competitive edge, even though it's like a very friendly. Yeah. Vibe. You want to see it's other people succeed, but I want to be able to prove that I can actually do this thing. Yeah. Now the problem with that is, as a motivation, is it is extrinsic, uh, is what psychologists say, like in a sense. Uh, is like the idea that you're proving yourself. Um, even if you're proving yourself to yourself, mm -hmm. would be considered by psychologists, generally speaking, to be extrinsic. And it's not, they aren't, extrinsic motivations aren't super helpful in the sense that they tend to um, fizzle out uh, unless you get mm -hmm. like the external validation. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you know, anybody who seeks external validation, like I, you know, often will find myself doing, you, you find it real quick that it's a bad tack. Yeah. I want to clarify that it's not a main driver, but one of the things that you think of when you're trying to push towards finish line. Now, the other thing you bring up is sort of almost in the middle there, right? Like the idea that mm -hmm. you, you want to do a project all by yourself, uh, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a level at which you could argue that that has an extrinsic element to it. Um, but I would say it's probably closer to being an intrinsic motivator. Like you want to just kind of do it to do it, you know, and not have mm -hmm. other people involved, you know, just in the sense that like, you know, you just want to do something yourself and kind of, mm -hmm. but I would, I would worry that there's an element of extrins extrinsic motivation there. Like I'd worry there's an element of like, I'm, I'm con concerned I can't do it. And, you know, uh, and maybe all my success is the result of other people. And this will prove <laughs> that <laughs> it wasn't right. I would yeah. say like, I would find like, I don't know if that's the case, but like, where you kind of start to determine whether or not things like that are the case. So, so when you got something like that, where it's like a question of like, what really is the deeper motivation? Uh, I think mm -hmm. the way to answer that question is to just keep asking the question. Uh, yeah. So I would say to you then, Lyndon, uh, 
why do you want to do a project that is just yourself and doesn't involve other people? And I don't know if I have a good answer to that initially without some level of deeper thought. But uh, one of my first impressions when I think about a project like this is uh, if I can't finish this project, what evidence is there to suggest that I'll ever be able to finish another project? And if I can never finish a project, um, why am I doing this? But do you see how that's not exciting? I, I mean, I, you don't think <laughs> does it's it excites exciting. you? I think it's exciting. But does it excite yes. you to worry that you maybe aren't actually a real writer? You know what I'm saying? Like, I no, think no, what you excites- need to do, I'm not saying you're wrong to like have that sort of in the background yeah. there, but I think what you maybe need in this example is a more exciting intrinsic motivator. Yeah, well, the exciting intrinsic motivator is that if I can be successful at this, I don't have to go and get a quote unquote real job and I get to actually <laughs> enjoy my life uh, as opposed to working a nine to five or nine to 10 office job where I live for the weekend and wait until I retire. That's the intrinsic sure, Because even motivator. if you didn't make a bunch of money on this project, you're saying like, it's the kind of, it would, this is the kind of thing I have to do. Uh, and I, so like you, you want to kind of have, so th- this is where I would kind of relate to this a bit more fully, I think mm-hmm. is what I want. Um, if you really get down into it uh, on any level as I want control, mm-hmm. I want to have control over a project, control over my career, you right. Like control. So like, yeah. I like to work with other people. I like to collaborate. I'm enjoying, you know, moving into comics and doing things. Um, but, uh, at w- I would, I would stop doing it, uh, if I felt that it was going to get in the way of me controlling every, everything. And I don't need, I, I, I don't, well, I shouldn't say everything. I don't need to control everything. Like I can go do yeah. the eye collector and share control with, you know, Gr- Gregory Kamichik. Yeah. But there's a part of me that's like, if I had to pick one thing, I would let, you know, the collaborations go away because I could always come back to them Mm -hmm. and maybe not that specific one. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Gregory might get mad at me if I suddenly ditched out on him. Right. But like broadly speaking, I want to not have to rely on another person and I want, or a employer or whatever. I want to have control and I'm willing fundamentally I'm willing to give up security for control. Yeah. Uh, like I'm willing up to give money for control. I'm willing up to, I, I'll keep create literally like I'll keep creative control and, you know, give up money. We, we, in our eye collector contract, we had a standard clause in there, uh, which is very standard in, you know, a lot of contracts. So the, the clause was, you know, heavy metal has the right to buy this property out for, you know, mm-hmm. a big chunk of money. And a lot of people <laughs> would be like, give me the money. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, we took that con- clause out of the contract. Uh, mm-hmm. So like, you know, not that we might never want to sell it to heavy metal or anything, but that like we just, the control over the project uh, rather than a clause that could maybe take some control uh, is what matters to us more than the money. Yeah. Um, and I just 
to me, like it all healthily or not, it all comes back to control. I want to have control and I need to try to give up control in some instances mm-hmm. and try and get better about like, you know, not being in control of everything, but I always have that as my fallback. So what excites me about, uh, like if I was doing your, your project, uh, what would kind of, ex- I would maybe come back to is I would like try to frame it in terms, uh, in more positive terms, like the way you've been talking about it, is it kind of, is it a negative frame? It's like, you know, I want to, what if this doesn't happen, then it means this. I would try to like, just frame it like, you know, even if this book doesn't, you know, help my career, uh, developing the skill of editing this book, you know, getting this thing done uh, is going to put me on the path to control. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now maybe that's not your, core motivator but like no no i think it feels like that's in the wheelhouse right like i think i think you're onto a good path in that you know we're talking today about setting goals and um which we said right at the beginning of it that there's a short-term goal and there's a long-term goal and you have to live in both of those worlds Mm -hmm. and for me one of my long-term goals is to control my own career and um to live a life that allows me to do the type of work that I enjoy doing. And I enjoy doing this type of work. And so my short-term goal in service of that long-term goal is I have to finish this damn book. Um, And then I have to go and do another one. And at some point I need to get them to a point where they can be published by someone else and I can start making money off of them. And that's the medium term goal in that sense. Um, So it all does tie into exactly what we've been talking about. And it's the sort of things that any writer who's starting out um, needs to consider if they want to keep themselves motivated in both the short and long term. So what I would suggest in this particular scenario, and I think this broad premise would work for a lot of people, is I would try to kind of maybe, if I was writing this goal down, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, I think what I would kind of put under the exciting part for me here, it would be, you know, finishing this book makes me a novelist mm-hmm. because this whole identity, I think fundamentally what I think, you're looking I think at is that an identity single sentence. Yeah. That single sentence sums up everything that I was trying to describe in all of those points. And it's that finishing the book makes me a novelist. Yeah. Right. Even if it doesn't get published, you're still a yeah. novelist in that scenario once you're done. Right. Because yeah. so it's an identity shift and that identity shift also is propelling you along a career path, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where it, it disconnects from the external validation in the sense that you don't necessarily need to make a million dollars off this book. You're still mm-hmm. a novelist, even if you don't make a dime and it never gets published, but if yeah. you don't finish it, you're not a novelist. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. like, I feel like there's like that sort of, so like I would start with any goal with kind of like that aspect of it. Like, why do I really want to do this? What's the positive, exciting method of framing why? Because like you say, there's all sorts of motivations people have for doing things. And some are, you know, better than others. Yeah, um, clearly. You no, know, uh, my competitive uh, side of me is very motivating, mm-hmm. but it isn't a good motivation, uh, right? Because as soon as like, it's just easier for that motivator to fizzle out. Well, it's like a candy bar, basically. Yeah. And, and, and it doesn't have the same, uh, 
there's not the same reward at the end of it in the sense no. of like with competition in particular, because again, it just gets you, it just, it just doesn't work as well. So I would, I would maybe kind of like, again, so that's how I would start with any real mm-hmm. goal is I would find like, what's that exciting core that I can frame in like a clear, positive, simple manner. And I would just write it down, like literally like finishing this novel makes me a novelist. And that's why mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, plug through this editing process that maybe I don't enjoy that much or, mm-hmm. or isn't as cathartic and fun as it, you know, the drafting process was or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I think that uh, the next thing I would do though, like once I'm like past, like, what do I really, and I should just note that like, I would suggest that like, I would suggest that potentially, um, people let some of their goals fall away if they can't find that positive, exciting core. And again, that they can frame in a positive matter where it's intrinsic and kind of connected to your way of seeing yourself or how you want to be or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, If things don't kind of hit that, um, that's like my first test, I guess I would say of like a goal. So like uh, people will do this. So I'll, I'll give this example from marketing, right? Like, so um, when I make goals related to building up an audience or marketing my books or whatever, um, I'll be very careful that I really only want to be pursuing the goals that I think have an intrinsic uh, positive value to them. So I won't like, for example, let's say my goal was related to like how big I want my email list to be uh, because, and I, I'll, or how like many copies I want to sell of this book or whatever. Can you control uh, that though? Well, there's, there's a level at which you can and a level at which you can't. So let's say, um, so how many copies you, of a book you can sell, for example, mm-hmm. you can directly correlate that to how many people are on your email list. And then you can figure out what percentage of people will buy your book you can literally like, do the math and figure out like, okay, if I got a 2% conversion rate, I need this many people on the list. You know, like you can actually math it out and get like some approximation of, of an answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Um, now you can't necessarily control whether people sign up for this list, but you can still sort of do that. You can kind of test a page that signs people up. You can see how, what the conversion rate is. You can just figure out the math of like how many people have to go to that page to convert at this rate to get you this many people that will then convert at this rate and get you this many book sales. Like you can math it all out. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what you know, marketers do. But I feel that that, so I'm not averse to that approach or that math, but I feel like it's not, um, it's, I feel like it's the wrong approach in the sense that it doesn't really, it, it's too like takey. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't want to be thinking in terms of like, I want to sell this many books so that I can make this much money so that mm-hmm. I can, you know, be this famous or whatever, right? Like where mm-hmm. I want to, I, I think like that's, um, that's like the wrong way to look at it from my point of view. I think what, where you want to start uh, uh, is with like, you know, this book is going to help people who have, you know, had X happen to them, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And then like, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I really want to help people who have been in this situation because I was in that situation and it was, you know, 
uh, terrible and it would have helped to have a book like this. And therefore, uh, to accomplish, if that's my, in, you know, if that's the core of my motivation here, uh, it's a very intrinsic self-motivating idea, uh, but it also is like, it's going to compel or require me to do things like actually get this book in front of people. So now when I go to like promote this book, like I have a real altruistic core to what I'm doing. And therefore, mm -hmm. even if I'm shy about promoting the book, like it's not in my self, in my self-interest to promote the book. It's like, I'm trying to help this other person by promoting the book. Yeah. Now it's easier with nonfiction to see how that might work. Um, if you're in the realm of fiction, um, uh, it's maybe hard to see how that kind of thing would apply. For me, it applies because I'm interested in moving the art form forward mm -hmm. uh, and doing kind of innovative experimental work. Uh, and so for me, like a lot of my motivation in writing a book and publishing it and getting it out into the world, it has much more to do with um, wanting to kind of stretch the genre or stretch like the boundaries of the art form uh, mm -hmm. and really kind of um, be part of a literary tradition and push the envelope and do certain things. Like I feel like there's a core to what I'm doing artistically that is valuable in mm -hmm. that way. And so it, there, it, it allows me to get my ego out of it. Uh, where like I might have the egotistical motivations from time to time, but they're not the important things. Uh, and they're not really going to sustain me because as mm -hmm. soon as I'm down on myself or as soon as like I question my motivation that way, like, or even just not compelling, like it, it like to me, like getting really clear on like why I'm doing this, like why write this book? Like it can't be, mm -hmm. it can't just be for me, um, you know, I want to make, you know, $2 off a $20 sale. Like it just, mm -hmm. to me, it's not exciting. And it also just isn't worthwhile. Uh, like what's I think more valuable is that intrinsic artistic reason to do the thing. Yeah. Uh, and there, again, I want a level of control so that I can best serve that. You know, yeah. I want to, so I don't want to end up with a publisher. Like I'll literally not like, uh, I'll turn down like people who have interest in this publishing this thing mm -hmm. because I don't, I can see that they're disconnected from uh, mm -hmm. what I want it to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, like, and, and I'll be very careful who I work with uh, mm -hmm. and I'll be very particular about things uh, just because in the back of my mind, always it's got to be, it can't just serve my interests. Mm -hmm. uh, it has to serve the interests of the audience and that book. No, that makes sense. And um, from my perspective, thinking about what you're saying and thinking about, um, you know, my creative background, um, it makes me want to clarify some of my earlier motivations that I was talking about. It's given me a lot to think about just in this, this brief time. And when I think about, um, you know, the, the potential of being a novelist and, um, as I said before, not knowing many other novelists within my creative circle, I know lots of people that are working on books and I really struggle with, um, 
providing advice or feedback to people who are working on other novels because I because I haven't finished one and I feel like I don't have the experience to help someone reach their goal if I haven't done it already. So um, one of my then intrinsic motivations, if, if it can even be considered intrinsic or extrinsic, I guess, was, is that I want to finish my project so that I can participate in that conversation with other people who are working at that same goal and I can help them or um, just have a voice in that community because I've actually accomplished it. The number of people that start something and don't finish it is, you know, a dime, a dozen. Um, it's much harder to finish something. And I, I don't think it's necessarily imposter syndrome, but I feel like, and this is something that I learned coming up in comics is that it's harder to take someone seriously on something until they've actually finished it or they've done it once already. I, I, the way I like to frame that is uh, I don't want to get, cause I do teach at university, right? I teach creative mm -hmm. writing and things. I, I always frame it. Like, I feel like I'm not, I don't, I want to be part of the teacher. I don't want to fall into the teacher's trap where you pause your, uh, you pause producing in order to explain your process. Yeah. Uh, and there's just so many people I've seen where they just end up, um, yeah, they end up like teaching people about something and then oh, they're not doing it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's, it's not that you can't do that. Like, it, I don't feel it's a situation of like, you know, those who can't teach or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think no. it's more like, I don't want to get into that trap where, um, because even though I like to teach and help people with, you know, mm -hmm. getting better as writers. And I find mm -hmm. that uh, important. And I, again, I want to be kind of, I want to almost want to like give back in a manner of speaking. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I'm not doing it, if I'm not prioritizing doing it myself, mm -hmm. I can't, I'll, I'll fall out of touch with what's going on. And yeah, I, I feel like, think I'm it, helping when I'm not, you know? Yeah. It's like, it feels more difficult to give back if you're not doing it or you haven't done it. Yeah. How can and like, how can I give someone advice on finishing their novel if I haven't finished the novel? Yeah. And so there, I think it, it helps to have like, I think you can like have these more practical, simple motivators. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I, I want to finish this novel so I could, you know, <laughs> Uh, know what the hell I'm talking about when people ask me about writing yeah. a novel, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, but yeah. I, like, I think you need a deeper, more exciting core to that, but I think it's, it's, it's good to just have a sense of that other stuff as well. You know, I mm -hmm. want to have like a profile so that when somebody's, I want to have a comic made so that I'm talking to comic editors, they don't, they take me seriously. Exactly. Like, uh, I think like there's nothing wrong with having that level of motivator and having this very practical awareness of what good this thing is going to be. It's just that, where I think you need that ex really to get that more abstract, like core of it is that other stuff won't sustain you when you're really like in your darkest dungeon with this project, <laughs> you know, which is honestly where I feel like I'm at right now is this, the grind of editing something out when you have a thousand um, notes, editor notes or corrections that you have to make. 
Well, you don't have to make any of them, but I, you know, you maybe you should, yeah, right? You uh, should. So, if you're so, if you're hiring an editor, you should be listening to your editor. See, I like editing. I always prefer editing to writing. Uh, yeah, like in my own work, I prefer editing yeah. my own work than writing a, a new draft work. Uh, but I know that's not most people, and so to me, it's like, yeah, just kind of really figure out what's going to push you through the next part of the project here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what's the core underneath every part of the project, uh, you know, fundamentally, mm-hmm. once you get a little further out though, and you've got like that clear, like, you know, mm-hmm. y- you're very clear on like this motivation. Maybe you got to remind yourself of it again. Like, I think it's good to have it written down. It's like when you're having like those dark days and you're really doubting the project and doubting yourself, mm-hmm. you can go back to like, no, no, I got to stick to it because, this is going to make, this is what's going to make me the novelist. Like, even if this novel yeah. is a disaster, it's dies awful. a slow yeah. death, the process of doing it again, yeah. you know, is going to reward me with this outcome, this existential yeah. outcome. Mm-hmm. And then that is going to be, and I need to be a novelist to take, if I'm going to take control of my writing career or whatever, you got to kind of like think how it fits into your overall life and career. Mm-hmm. Once you've got all that abstract stuff out of the way and you're breaking down these other parts of the goal, like making it really specific and measurable and how, how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do that. I think like it helps to really at that later point, just get real precise about like, how do you just take yourself out of it in the sense of um, like, you want that exciting risky core mm-hmm. uh, that's relevant to kind of your stage in life. And it's going to matter to you going forward but outside of that, you want to take your ego and your, your, your mind out of it as much as possible and be like, okay, I got to do five pages a day, week and you know, that'll take me six months or whatever. Like mm-hmm. you just need to quantify it and just kind of have a process. Then you're just a machine running the, pro- the program in a manner mm-hmm. of speaking. Uh, because I feel like in the best case scenario, the, like the best days you're going to have on any project is when you're just wake up and you do it and you don't have to think too much about it. Mm-hmm. But you pre-planned what you have to do and now you're executing it. And mm-hmm. when it's not working is when you go back to like, okay, I got to remember why I'm doing this, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. But even if, but it's hard to, um, it's hard when you don't have a really clear, exciting motivator like why you're doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also hard when you just don't have a system that works. Yeah. You're trying to write too much in a day or you're trying to write or you're not writing enough in a day or, you know, yeah. you just now, don't to, know what the we, hell you're supposed to do next. Like to, to map it out. On that, to be clear on that point, you've said often before that when you're writing, you don't need more than three or four hours of actual writing in a day, correct? This is for people, this is for listeners of this episode this yeah science is uh basically three creative hours is what you can get out of yourself okay so as a practical um return to our original question because i'm trying to keep us on track as a new writer or as a, a writer planning out the year ahead of you first question that you need to ask yourself is figure out really why you're do why what motivates you to finish your project and from a practical aspect, plan out realistic goals um, to reach the end of that project based on an approximation of, you know, three or four hours a day. If you well, can work 
that day. Whatever you're doing, you know, I mean, yeah. some people can't do that much, right? Yep. Um, but based but on also, something, as you say, planned out in a realistic, like practical yeah. manner. Yeah. But also take into consideration um, the, the other factors that we've talked about, which are that you are able to chain you to reprioritize projects based on other opportunities that may come up. Um, but you also need to decide whether or not a project is worth sticking with. Well, yes, but the caution here, of course, Lennon, mm-hmm. is um, yeah. you need to just be, I think the, and the reason I think people really need to do this kind of goal planning in some form Mm-hmm. is because what's going to happen is the, the world will try to destroy your goals. And sometimes it does it in mysterious ways, like offering you a bunch of money to do something else. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't seem like it's a bad idea, but you again, you need the goals as a filter. Mm-hmm. And you need to be clear on like, again, if you, the more clarity you have on them, like what you're doing and why you're doing it, the mm-hmm. more I think you can um, resist temptation to put it in biblical terms. Mm-hmm. So when the devil comes calling mm-hmm. <laughs> and lays the world out before you, um, you just really need to know when you should say no. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think find the harder on... and harder thing as I get older is uh, that I need to say no more and more and more. And it mm-hmm. gets harder and harder to do because the reasons to say yes compound. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that touches on a lot of the, the topics that we've talked about on other episodes of this show when it comes down to um, taking work that you don't necessarily own or as in um, like creator owned work, work for higher projects, money that's taking away from the, the long-term goal of owning your own work or a job, a day job, if that's your goal um, or the, you know, I want uh, to reuse the phrase from earlier, a, a nine to five job that pays the bills immediately, but leaves you without the time to do things that you care about doing for example. And, you know, maybe then for some people, the nine to five job is what they want and that's their mm-hmm. you know, goal. And they want to just, you know, have a very stable uh, work career and do a very, you know, consistent side hustle. Uh, I mean, whatever it is, I think you just, I, I think if you can't figure out what you really want mm-hmm. in terms of like, not just what you actually want, what you should want, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like in those more positive, like, intrinsic manners yeah i think it's hard to uh know what you should do because people just have what they'll what people do instead I'll, I'll see is they'll grab out of the ether or out of the culture uh they'll mm-hmm. grab what they're supposed to want mm-hmm. or they'll grab what they're supposed to do they'll think well i'm supposed mm-hmm. to be a novelist if i'm a writer maybe you're not supposed to be maybe you just need maybe you should just be a comics writer maybe you should just be a poet maybe you should just be yeah. a screenwriter yeah. whatever it is um uh, I mean, it depends, right? Uh, I think like, unless you're really clear, I, again, it gets into that, like the temptation aspect of it. Like, unless you have a really clear, small 
set of goals and you've really, you don't have a hundred goals. You don't have, you know, 30, you don't have 20, you have like 10, seven, five, uh, unless you have a really clear, small set that really ideally interconnect um, and really share like some of the same uh, core motivators. It's just, I think like if you can get clear on that, even if that's going to change, like when you revisit every year, two years or three months or whatever, even if it's going to change, like, I think you just need to have that clarity so that you can, when something comes in, you can say yes or no. And you know why you're saying yes or no. Mm -hmm. And you know where these goals came from, you know, like they, uh, they're not just things you're supposed to do uh, or you think you need to do like, you know, a lot of people, like, I don't need to sell books. That's something that I realized like is early on. I had the goal. I think a lot of writers have, they want to be a best-selling author. What I realized as I got more fully into is like being a best-seller selling author actually has nothing to do with my goals whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because my goal is to push the art form forward. Like I have artistic goals that frankly are generally at odds with selling a lot of copies of books. And in mm-hmm. fact, my book sales are completely irrelevant to my goals. Uh, so, and whether you like my book or not is completely irrelevant to my goals. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to win awards. Awards, when I, when I do win awards, because I've won a number of awards, but I, it barely registers in my head. Like I got this award recently and, you know, thank you to, for the award. But like, I forgot I got it until someone brought it up to me a little while later mm-hmm. because I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Whereas other writers, like, and I don't want to fuss out on grateful, but like, I just literally don't care if I win an award because I, it doesn't matter to me. It's, uh, not, whereas, it's not the motivator. It's not a, yeah. Like, whereas other writers, like they're in it to win awards. Um, maybe even for good reasons, you know, not even, even because maybe they just want, you know, their book to reach the most people. Well, that will only happen if they win such and such award. Like, you could even have altruistic reasons for wanting to win an award weirdly. Uh, but I think like, a, I see a lot of writers who have what I would, you know, <laughs> say is the wrong uh, interests. Like they're interested in winning awards. They're interested in selling a lot of books. They're interested in being well-reviewed. I, they're, they're, they want people to like their work. That stuff doesn't interest me because mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with, um, putting the art form first mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with finding the subset of readers that your work is really going to matter to. Mm-hmm. Now it's not irrelevant to it. Like you're more likely to find those readers and change their lives. If you know, everybody reads you. Right. Um, so I'm not saying that it's bad to like be a bestseller or to pursue like a big book sales or anything like that. Uh, I just think that like, you need to get really clear on it. And, and I've even seen in my life, like the reason I win awards is because I don't care about winning awards mm-hmm. and I'm doing something different uh, and I'm trying to do it as well as possible. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I just think uh, like, I'll get annoyed by things sometimes. Like I got really annoyed this review came out recently because it implied that I had some like 
cushy, high paying university job. I was mm-hmm. like, give me a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what annoys me about that is not the negative criticism, but annoys me is they don't even know like what they're talking about. So why are they, what business do they have reviewing my book? <laughs> like, I don't care yeah. if they like it. I just yeah. find it like, I, I just, you know, I'm like, who hires these people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like, yeah. um, I, I just, I feel like that those goals are, what I think is important about goals is that even if you never accomplish the goal, it serves as a filter for what you will and won't do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, you might need to compromise here and there. Cause like your kids need shoes. Yeah. But there's, when you do that, you need to know you're doing that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So here's my hot take and you can tell me where it's wrong. Um, when I think about <laughs> goals as a, as a creative, um, you talk about having, you know, multiple goals and it almost being a juggling act, but what if you only have two goals, you have That's one the long-term goal situation. and you have one short-term goal. That is That's the it. ideal situation, Lennon. Now, okay. creatively, yes. I'm talking yeah. about, or in yes, your career, absolutely. I presume yeah. as a human being, you may have more than one goal, you know, multiple goals, but actually yeah. it would be best if you only had one goal and every aspect of your life serve mm-hmm. that goal. Mm-hmm. That's the ideal. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it takes a lot of discipline to do that. I uh, have found, I, I keep trying to get to that discipline. So I would say to you, Lennon, if that, you know, that's the dream <laughs> to have one okay. goal, right. two goals and everything is, and it's a big ambitious, like, um, uh, like it matters, uh, yeah. kind of goal. It matters in personal life. It matters in professional life. It matters yeah. to other people. It matters to me. You know, yeah. it ma- it's going to matter for my kids or whatever. Like that's the, the, the dream is to have like one thing and you'll see like, yeah. You'll see very successful people often have that. They have one thing that they do and everything they do is that one thing. Um, and if they do anything else, when you trace it back, it's actually just that one thing. Okay. Um, so I think it's hard to get to that point. I would say that like the close, what I'm suggesting is a process that gets you closer to that. But I think mm-hmm. that's the, the ideal. Okay. So when we're talking to the, writer who has a, a manuscript that's almost finished, our advice to them is figure out what your long-term and short-term goal with that project is. Set the, si- the time aside to reach the end of both of those things in whichever way that you can. And then when, that pro- when you've taken that project as far as you can, start, another, start your next project that serves that same long-term goal um, because it's important not to lose the momentum that you've created by chase by completing that first short-term goal. Yes. Yeah, I would. I mean, but ideally, like you say, though, I think you're right to to frame it this way. Ideally, you have an overarching, you know, narrative you're kind of constructing. Mm-hmm. Yes. For your life and career. Now, yes, and we're not, not trying to, to do. And we're ideally, not trying to repeat ourselves. But but ideally. Um, you're, you're kind of sequencing like one thing after the other in service of some larger, you know, goal, mm-hmm. but again, only you can yeah. kind of determine what that would be, but yeah. the more self-awareness you have, uh, the more, I think you kind of figure out what it is that she matters to you and is mm-hmm. going to matter to you 
both in that short and long term and how these things feed one another. And mm. I would suggest that people really, you know, like a nice way to kind of start with these things is just, you know, you just make a list of like your almost your creative bucket list or your career mm-hmm. bucket list, right? And just figure yeah. out, okay, well, what things though, if I had to reduce this to one thing <laughs> or mm-hmm. five things, you know, like, like if I just keep whittling away and whittling away, like, because the reality of it is um, you have to figure out what you're going to give up to get this other thing. Yeah. And people don't want to do that. Yeah. It's also not the sort of thing that you can do in any one single calendar year. If our example is that someone is starting this at the beginning of 2022. True. But like you say, if you have a, a, an idea of like your larger, bigger sort of longer yeah. term things, you can kind of mm-hmm. more practically break down. What am I going to do this year to get, what's my yes. goal this year that's going to get me close to this larger goal and so on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe things are going to change as like you go through life and you know become a different person but it just really helps to have that clarity where like you mentioned the word momentum where again you kind of get the momentum going mm-hmm. but the dangerous thing about momentum is you often can you can develop momentum for the wrong things mm. and if you aren't really clear on what sh- why you're doing what you're doing you can end up in that situation that so many people end up in where uh, and i've done this too of course like everyone does this uh, where you just, you're working on something and working on something, working on something, you finally get it and you realize, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Like why, yeah, I, I, why I work? So, you did that. I was going to say, <laughs> Lyndon, the lawyer here, right? Yeah. And it's not that that is a waste of your life, but it, or like that'll never like be useful again or come back. I'm but it's just a way like, make it useful. Yeah. But, but like, yeah. And you can incorporate that probably into your, yeah. you know, life in a life plan yeah life plan if you for lack of a better way to put it but but it still is like it's still a bit of a scenario where it probably like like i've i I don't even say my phd is sort of in that same realm too like yeah i'm glad i did it yeah i am still using it in certain ways and it is helping and furthering what i do and but I, I really wish I'd had some, if I'd had the clarity earlier, mm-hmm. I might've chosen to do a different thing or at yeah, least I would have right. done the same thing in a better way. Yeah. And actually that's one question that I was going to ask you right at the beginning of this conversation, when we were talking about making plans and wishing that you could, when you like that pa- past version of you had made better plans if you could pick one thing that you wish a younger version of you would have done or made plans to do sooner, what do you think it would have been? When I was one of the only writers in Canada that had a website and one of the only writers in Canada that had a website with a lot of content on it, mm-hmm. I wish I had, and one of the only writers in Canada who like, um, like was turning up in search results, mm-hmm. I wish I had built an email list. Mm. In other words, I wish I had uh, actually connected to the audience early mm. and not left it to middlemen. Mm. So now I'm in the okay. position where I like a lot of the middlemen, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I can't even, 
I would be in a better position to just help my publishers out mm -hmm. if I had not relied so much on publishers early on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I literally was one of the first writers in Canada that had a website with a lot of content on it. Yes. Okay. Um, I was ahead of a lot of the internet curves, except in uh, not doing anything business-like whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so then at that point, to tie this back into our central question, then you would have had to have known at that point in your career that connecting to your audience was a priority. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, I, I wish that I had, I would have had to have known and I should have known that uh, again, if, if you take frame it in terms of my goals, I had mm -hmm. the idea then uh, like a lot of writers do that. Well, you know, the way to build my writing career and to, you know, I, I got to get, a wide audience. I got to try to hit the bestseller list. I got to, you know, uh, mm -hmm. get a good publisher. I got to do all these things. I didn't mm -hmm. have to do any of that stuff. What I had to do, uh, what, what I wanted was control over my career. And what I was mm -hmm. doing was giving control away. I was entering contracts, right? Mm -hmm. I was taking um, short-term money. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, looking for publishers. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I was doing this, I was doing that. Now, a couple of good things came out of it. So I, you know, I, I got into a relationship with Clock, Coach House Press. I got into Coach House Books. I got into a relationship with Book Hug Press. Those two relationships are, I would say, the good things that came out of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, almost nothing else I did was of value. Uh, and almost nobody else that in, from a business perspective that I came into contact with was useful. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, actively hindered my career, uh, hmm. you know, with a couple exceptions of people I'm forgetting, uh, like, or, or companies I'm forgetting people were often very great, but like companies, uh, were not so great. And I was made a lot of stuff that I don't have the rights to now. Uh, mm -hmm. Right. I wrote like five, I wrote five screenplays. I don't have the rights to, um, mm -hmm. you know, if I had been clearer on my goals and that I need control, I would have realized uh, that what matters is me building an audience, not someone else building an audience. Now this is before everyone yeah. started talking about platforms, but what I should have realized is like, I have to have the platform. Yeah. Um, and I was in a position to realize that uh, before the whole world realized it. Um, and I didn't. But if I'd been clear on my goals, I would have seen, oh, this publishing infrastructure, self-publishing infrastructure is coming in. I would have jumped on the yeah. self-publishing bandwagon early if I had mm -hmm. not been obsessed with, you know, making a name for myself. Um, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Now, again, it worked out well in the sense that like I ended up hooking up with, uh, two particular publishers uh, who I would say are the best publishers in Canada um, and that I, you know, like and get along with, and I'm, you know, going to be really excited to do more books with, but it could have easily gone a different direction. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
with other publishers. For example, if I had actually realized my goal at the time, and I won't name the publisher, um, but I would have signed with the publisher that uh, I am very glad I have not ended up with. But the only reason I didn't sign with them at that, that point was that it didn't, they didn't quite offer it. They didn't give me the offer precisely. It kind of, you know, didn't work out. And I'm glad that didn't work out. Uh, but, um, you know, mm-hmm. I've heard th- the publishing world is very different from what it was in the 90s. Let's just put it that way. And um, okay. um, many of the people who did deals in the 90s are not uh, happy about those deals today. So then in summation of this giant, it seems like the, the topic that we started out with has very quickly ballooned to much, something much larger um, as a as a writer who wants to um, embark or is trying to do something with their first novel, it sounds like one of the main takeaways is that there's going to be an infinite number of things that you can't actually control. Sure, but uh, well, you can control some of it. I guess the the question is like, what ones do you need control over? The right, mm-hmm. and what ones you need control over is what you need to figure out is in the school setting process. Like yeah. what's my real goal here? Uh, in that, again, what's actionable? Mm-hmm. What do I need to make actionable uh, to accomplish mm-hmm. the goal? Like you need to figure out what those, what those actions are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you're focusing on the right things. Cause maybe for some people it's, you know, uh, you know, just get this thing ready to send off to a publisher and they need to worry mm-hmm. about that. And, but what they'll worry about instead is, you know, getting it published. They need to just worry about sent, getting it re- sent, sent to publishers. Uh, yeah. Maybe though, uh, what the, you, the person needs is to build a publishing company, right? Like it depends what they're doing yeah. and why they're yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, and that's a whole different to, set of actions. And to do that, you need, a, you need a full understanding or comprehension of what the publishing world looks like in this moment, because it's not just pr- uh, traditional publishing. It also includes self-publishing. If there's, and then in, in the middle somewhere, there's a hybrid model that sort of includes elements from both of those. And if you're just writing a book, as you said earlier, um, it's no longer enough to just write a book. You have to understand what the market looks like and what it depends on your, your goal options are. If your goal is, like in your example, you don't need to know all that stuff to become a novelist. No, I should have finished the book. Does that make sense? Now, yeah. when the book's written and you're a novelist, you need a new goal, <laughs> right? Because you've accomplished yeah. that one. Your yeah. new goal might align with, uh, your new goal may be, I don't know what the new goal would be. Like, but let's say, you know, let's say you're going to make a goal about that work and putting it out into the world. Well, yeah. now that, now your new goal may simply be uh, learn enough about the publishing industry and where things sit in, in business or whatever to determine whether or not I should self-publish it. Like maybe, maybe the goal then is like decide whether I should self-publish or not self-publish this novel. Now I'll tell you right now, don't self-publish that novel. No, but, I know. Um, <laughs> but you know, another person, uh, if it was a genre novel or, or, yep. or if you were a different person, it yep. might be a harder question to answer, right? Um, so another person might actually need a goal of like figuring out what their next goal should be, you know, you know, we're like learning something is a goal uh, and often a very good one. Like, you know, one thing I want to do next year is actually, you know, 
really learn how to cook, <laughs> you know, now learn how to cook yeah. is means nothing. So I need to like make it specific and measurable. Right. But, um, yeah. but like, there's no, there, but the point is like, that's a learning like yeah, thing. It's a goal. Uh, yeah. Hyatt will differentiate between what he calls, um, uh, habit goals and achievement goals. Um, so he'll say, well, you know, some things you achieve, like you're, you become a novelist other things, you know, you're just trying to make a habit of like, I want to write every day because that's what writers do. And mm -hmm. I want to, and I'm a writer now. You don't have to necessarily write every day to be a writer. I'm just saying, uh, mm -hmm. that's an example of an achieve a, a habit goal where like, you're just really, there's no terminus to that mm -hmm. necessarily. Right. But, um, what you're focusing on is like a daily practice or a weekly practice and just keeping that going. So you could have like, uh, so he'll say like, some goals are like that, you know, some goals are like, you know, I love X and I want to do it. You know, I, I want to see my parents every week, uh, before they die, you know, <laughs> whatever, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, it is right. Um, uh, he uses that example because his parents were ready to die at that point. If I recall correctly, don't go with me on that, but like, uh, but you know, you could differentiate, uh, I would always argue that now we're talking about habit formation and not really goals, but, uh, I think he's right to say you could probably consider some, you can get a lot out of systematic goal habit goals in that respect. Yeah. Just well, I keep think it it's going. important. I think it's important to consider habits, as being building blocks to, to certain goals. Yeah. So, you know, now you're into semantics. So whether you should make a goal okay. around the habit yeah. or a goal around achieving some yeah. particular thing. Yeah. That's not what I meant. I'm sticking with my model of one and one. Yeah. So I would, but I would just say like, you don't need to know anything about the publishing industry to become a novelist. Okay. Um, uh, but once you're a novelist, you know, then you need you a new need, goal. Yeah. Yeah. You need a new short-term goal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so that is the, the goal for any writer starting to really settle in then in the new year. And that's to finish whatever their current project is and figure out what the next step towards their longer term goals going to be. Well, I would even back it up and ask you, should you finish your current project? So when you're listening to this, <laughs> If you haven't done this hard work yet, I think it's uncomfortable, but it's really an important thing to do is because you're probably like me feeling overwhelmed mm -hmm. and looking at all the stuff you've let, you know, into your life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if that's your world, like, I think like me, you need to really just take a hard look at it and mm -hmm. really ask yourself, like, what can I just stop? Uh, and what yeah. really actually matters to me in my life and what's just something that I have in my head as like a thing mm -hmm. I should do because mm -hmm. somebody told me to do it or my parents, you know, made me believe I should do it, or I just convinced myself I should do it or whatever. Like mm -hmm. what is actually, again, whittling it down to like a, a core couple things that like, that's mm -hmm. what I want to accomplish in my life or in my career. Um, ideally, you know, they, the two connect. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and then just taking a hard look at like, because again, your time put into something is a sunk cost and you can't, because you can't get it back. Mm -hmm. And just like money you throw into your car, fixing it, uh, it's irrelevant to the question of whether you can finish that project or fix your car the next time it breaks down. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so you really need to like, uh, I would really suggest, uh, and I, you know, try to make a regular practice of this, of like just stopping everything, reevaluating what I should be doing and then only restarting the things that I should be doing. I call this Ken mode where you kill everything now mm. and then, um, you know, start over, uh, start yeah. over in a manner of speaking. Yeah. So that's my final thought for people. What about you, Lennon? Uh, no, it's, um, it's been enlightening. I've had to reevaluate which motivations are worth keeping and which aren't worth keeping. Um, as someone who's trying to bring a project to the finish line and is closer to the end than the beginning, um, I think it's really important to always keep in mind why you're doing something and like figure out which motivations are worth keeping and which aren't. So I hope that my um, process of working through in real time in this conversation has been helpful to the people that are listening. And uh, I hope that unlike me, you finish the project that you're currently working on uh, in, in short order. Everyone's got those projects to work on forever. You know, I've got a bunch of them. And the reason they drag on so much for me is uh, I will just forget to write my goals down or I'll forget to look at the goals I wrote down and I'll just get overwhelmed mm -hmm. with life and I'll forget, I'll literally forget what it is I'm trying to do mm -hmm. uh, because I'm so wrapped up in what I got to do next. Mm -hmm. But the reality is I don't have to do that thing next. I just think yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, I find it's helpful and it really, um, I really advise to others that they just really, even though it sounds stupid, like take some time to really think through these things and write them down and then remind yourself <laughs> and like read them over and over again every couple of days or every day or every week, whatever, and just really go through a regular process of just figuring out, okay, I've, I've caught myself doing X, mm -hmm. but it's not on my list. Mm -hmm. Maybe that means it should be on your list, but most likely it means you shouldn't be doing it. Well, then on, on that note, dear listener, um, Happy New Year, and uh, let's go. Let's go finish up those projects. And keep writing the wrong way. <laughs>